Hey guys, it's David. Welcome to Sadness Town. This is the fourth episode of the Sadness Town podcast, recorded September 9th, 2014 at Little Miss Whiskey's Golden Dollar on H Street Northeast in Washington, D.C. Uh, my guest for this episode was Bent Washburn, who's uh, one of my favorite comics and a guy with a, with a great, uh, with a unique background. Uh, he grew up Mormon in a small town in Utah, and he talks about that a lot on this show. He's got some great stories about it. I can't wait for you guys to hear it. Uh, But before I get into the episode, I just want to do a couple quick plugs. The next episode of Sadness Town will be recording live at the Bathtub Republic this coming Friday, which is September 26th at 10 o'clock. My guest on that show is Chris Milner, who's a very funny comic. Uh, He's from England, uh, which is pretty exotic. Uh, This is the furthest any of my guests have come from. He lives here. Whatever. Uh, But that's going to be a great show. It's a free show. It's at 10 p.m. this Friday uh, at Bathtub Republic, which is 3119 11th Street Northwest, Washington, D.C. Another thing I'm going to do for shows from now on, after every show, I'm going to be posting the guest playlist on my Spotify account. Uh, So if you want to hear that, you can uh, follow me on Spotify. It's just David Twighty. Uh, and then, as always, if you have any questions, comments, whatever, you can email me at davidsadnesstown, uh, stand updates and everything else at davidtwitey.com, David, T-V-E-I-T-E dot com. All right, with all that done, uh, let's get into it. Here's me and Bent Washburn. That's fine. Hey guys, welcome to Sadness Town. How you doing tonight? I'm David Toity. I'm going to be your host uh, of this uh, podcast here from Little Miss Whiskey's Golden Dollar on H Street Northeast in a room that can only be described as aggressively purple. Like the kind of purple that's like, fuck you, this is what color I am. This upstairs room here. I'm going to be opening... This meeting with a ceremonial reading of the Sadness Town Charter. Item number one. This is a safe space. We are here to celebrate the fact that although being alive is a cruel and difficult thing, we're all much better at it than we used to be. Item number two. You were not cool in high school. You were a tragic, awkward, slow-motion car wreck of a human being, and so was everyone else. Any pretensions to the contrary will not be tolerated. Item number three, at the end of the show, everybody hugs. No exceptions. All right, so I'm opening with a song. Uh, This is called Operation Mind Crime. That's what they called it. Uh, It's off the album of the same title, uh, which was released by the band Queensryche in 1988. Uh, This peaked at number 50 on the Billboard 200. Um... This was a song from, I had a period in high school, it was like right around sophomore year, I started playing the drums, and I had this drum teacher who would play me all this progressive rock music, and this was like the start of me getting into music that I would listen to, like, for the rest of my life, but this is not one of those bands. Like, I got into Frank Zappa through that and everything like this, but... This is, a, this is a song from an album. It's called Operation Mind Crime because they thought if they just called it Thought Crime, George Orwell might sue them. It's one of many progressive rock albums from the 70s and 80s 
where the world has devolved into a dystopian society, and the only way to stop the evil government is uh, with progressive rock music. Uh, Chris, can you pause that? Um, so, yeah, this is a song... The, the plot, as far as I got, I had to Wikipedia to figure it out, even though I used to listen to this album while mowing the lawn all the damn time. Uh, I, apparently it's like a guy gets like called into, like, he joins a rebellious force as a hitman with, with screechy vocals and really precise drum fills. Uh, I don't... I don't know what it was about the Reagan era where everyone's like, the government's going to take over and we're going to stop them with our pretentious music. Um, but yeah, here to discuss this with me further is my guest. He's one of my favorite comedians. Uh, he's appeared on Conan O'Brien. Please give a warm welcome to Bent Washburn. Hello. Hi. So good to be here to commit a mind crime. <laughs> the government doesn't want us to do this. They don't. Uh, yeah, so... They're succeeding almost. They almost succeeded. If you're listening at home, this is, uh, this is recorded in a future, uh, that's kind of like, it's kind of between, like, Brave New World and The Running Man, uh, yeah. and, uh, the government does it as crackdown on podcasts. A little bit Blade Runner, too. <laughs> a little Blade Runner-y <laughs> I don't this room, Yeah, this room is like, if, it's like, uh, a... David Lynch nightmare, but like yes. with a little prince in there. I think if someone came in the back in a futuristic bikini and crazy eyeshadow. Oh, sure, and three breasts. I would not let her put me in a headlock <laughs> with her thighs. You would not? <laughs> I wouldn't. I would not. This is a really specific I'm Blade Runner reference. I'm talking about Daryl from Brit Blade. Okay, I'm maybe I'm old. <laughs> old. Now, by the end of this podcast, I want both of us to be insecure about our ages. Like, me about how young I am. <laughs> Could you? Okay, all right. all right. I'm already there. <laughs> all right. Uh, yeah, we got some work to do. Just let me drink some more. Um, so, yeah, were you familiar with this band at all when they were around there? That's right. Yeah. I was in grad school at Indiana University getting my master's in art when I first kind of heard uh, Silent Lucidity. So that was, I heard it three years too late. Just the titles on these things. And yes, Silent Lucidity. But it was a great song, I thought. And uh, I was, uh, I don't know, I heard it for the first time. That's a nice song. That's, I say I always heard things late. Yeah. Uh, I grew up Mormon, little town in Utah. So I was always outside the loop with the cool songs. And I was never using my music to an identity. I was latching on to music to fit in, usually. Yeah. yeah. Did you get, did you have, like, like a couple of cool kids at your high school who were, like, the guys who were, like, plugged in oh, and yeah. stuff? And, oh, yeah. But this, and where school, was this specifically in Utah? It was Mapleton, Utah, Springville, Utah. Okay. town south of Provo, Utah, which is Brigham Young University, which is the epicenter right. of super religious Mormons. Yeah. All in Provo at that university trying to make with other super religious... Mormons. So, like, the, the guy who was, like, plugged into, like, popular poly pop culture, uh, do you remember, were, do you remember his name? Yeah. Uh, the one that I most remember is two guys, Lance Perry and Bill Stork, and they were punk rockers. <laughs> uh, this is the beginning of punk, first wave of punk. Right. And they, they wore tights and bright colors as the 80s, had wacky clothing and earrings, and they played in a, what was the name of their punk band? But it was one of the best punk bands in Utah Valley. Probably, Utah. <laughs> probably, probably the best in Utah. Wow. 
Yeah. That's a claim yeah, to fame. Lance Perry is still a musician. He's a good musician, too. But he switched over to uh, more country. Okay. That's where... Wow, he did it backwards. That's where pack, uh, punk rockers go, I guess, <laughs> in Utah, to country. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. At some point, it's just like, I gotta it's eat. Like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Well, even that doesn't... It's a, it's a similar narrative when you think about it, like classic country music and punk rock. It's like, I'm broke, no one respects me. It's just the punk rock guys are way more excited about it than yeah, the country Yeah, and then guys. reality sets in like, wait. <laughs> wait, my wife left me, and then she yeah. stole my truck. And then they're just overnight. Yeah, and they switch from one type of drug just to booze, just straight booze. Yeah. yeah. Which is, I mean, that's a hard thing to be addicted to in Utah. Booze? Yeah, because yeah, the beer is sweet to beer. I mean, <laughs> come to think of it, probably not easier than like anything else, but oh, pretty easy. You I, don't I hear don't, about I, that Utah I, weed. I don't. <laughs> I don't know. I am completely outside those circles. Believe it or not, you would think it's a comic, but I do not know how easy it is to become a drug addict in Utah. I think it's pretty easy because when you grow up Mormon, if you drink or do drugs or smoke, it's not, you know how a lot of places in America you drink to show your, your it's like a rite of passage. Right. The kids get together and they drink and the parents wag their fingers. Yeah, it's your no, sixth no, birthday no. and your dad's like, drink this! Yeah, yeah, almost in a lot of places. But Utah, when you drink, it, you're rebelling, you're rebelling against your culture, God, and your parents. You're flipping off God, basically. You know what I mean? It's, it's an act of I am the but you can't tell me what to do. Where, was your family serious about coffee too? Were they? Uh... They were back and forth on the coffee uh-huh. in the room, uh, but mostly serious. I mean, my mom drank brim. Nobody knows. Okay, uh, <laughs> go to the rim with brim to decaffeinated coffee. It shows women just guzzling this shitty coffee. <laughs> we can have as much as this shitty stuff as we want because there's no caffeine. Awesome. Ching, fill it to the rim with brim. Yeah, it's just. Yeah. Did yeah, that one make it outside of Decaffeinated Utah? shitty coffee. Brim coffee. Yeah. It's like, but it's. All right. And Tab was the other one. Tab. Oh, okay. Tab. Do you guys remember Tab? Oh, yeah. I, I think. With the funky lettering, and she would drink Tab till there was no tomorrow. Did, was did they make that anymore? There. I don't know if they still make Tab. But man, she drank the Tab. Tons of Tab, brim. She would drink Pero. You guys know what peril is? It's basically wheat that they roast like it's coffee, then you drink it. What? That's like I, some Civil War shit right It there. is some Civil War shit. It is. It's like, oh no, we're out of beans. Just roast something and drink it. Shit. Burn this. Let's see if it's good. Let's see if it keeps us awake. Yeah. So that's where I, I grew up in a strange place. So you can imagine the music is different. I mean, the way music functioned in my life. As, as I meet my friends that had more mainstream or that's the thing when I meet friends they think I'm I'm alt I'm different I say, well, then you're like every kid I I met after I got out of Utah right they're all so trying hard to be alt and different that everybody's the same yeah just go to Utah and you'll be a freak just by you default you'll meet a genuine freak and then especially if you were a freak within that freak culture which is what yeah. uh, so right. wait is was there like is there specifically Mormon rock music? Like, is there is there any of there, that? There were some, but it's not rock. It's, uh, in fact, I went to college with a guy that was in a group called Afterglow. <laughs> Afterglow. What a Mormon, creepy name! Mormon for... music, and it gets, I'm in love in the spirit, and we are so... 
Just weird. <laughs> Shit. I think, After I, I, think I did it total justice with my little rendition. Yeah, it sounded pretty good. <laughs> Add some of those, what is it, brush drums? Yeah, sure, yeah. Yeah, and then you're there. Afterglow. Maybe an acoustic guitar. <laughs> I think, which is a term for... Sweat yeah, after sex. Right. Uh, what? That's nobody knew that. Nobody knew that that was. Oh, that's you know the 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 sweat on your forehead after you do it. No, we don't. We don't know what that is. But it, no one's told us. <laughs> I'm just trying to figure out what they were going for. Uh, I money. <laughs> I mean, they were trying to fill that niche. Right. Of what music, I guess, does for youth without doing anything that music does for youth. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> it's really strange. It's like, yeah, it's like you you know you're going to sell some CDs just because someone's parents are going to buy yeah, them. Yeah, and, and it's it. all you can listen to. They burned everything else you have. Yeah. And uh, it's what's strange is that rock and roll is all about rebellion, and this music, like, screams at the top of its lungs, like, Conformity! Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, we will conform! Have you ever so, noticed that everyone <laughs> else is doing everything right? <laughs> yes, I noticed! <laughs> oh, this one's a duet. Alright, you ready to you ready to get into this? You ready Let's to... do it. Let's go down the ugly path. Alright, track two. This is track two. Oh, I hope it's there, because I so want to hear my first song. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. Does anybody know this song? Anybody? Can anybody guess this one? What is it? Billy Don't Be a Hero. Yeah, that's right. This is Billy Don't Be a Hero by Bo Donaldson and the Haywoods. Okay. Uh, this was originally written and performed by an English band called Paper Lace. Uh, and it came out. Uh, they didn't even release albums. They just had singles. So it was just a, yeah. it was a single. Yeah. This. Peaked at number one on the Billboard Hot 100. Uh, so this is what America, America was swept up by this in 1974. Yeah. And I was not in high school. I wasn't a prodigy. Okay, I'm not that old. That was when I was C74, so that was when I was nine. And uh, I was not in high school. But this is the first time, this is the first year of 74 is when I became aware of pop music and what came in on over the radio. Yeah. And we all sat up in the attic of our parents' house, and we would listen to uh, Casey Kasem going over the top. Oh right boy! That year for Some reasons. But I was I was the youngest of five of five boys, and then that summer, my uh, aunt and her kids had moved in because the first big divorce. Uh, this is the summer I learned what divorce was. Okay. And pop music. I learned what divorce and pop music were. Oh, wow, that must have been big. It was quite a summer. And, uh, uh, that's your world getting a lot bigger right there. It, it was. It was quite a... It was crazy to figure out all that. And then uh, my parents did not like this song. I, I realized that there was How could music, this be like, threatening? This, like... Well, they didn't... This is an anti-war song. It is, yeah. And yeah. they were they were not necessarily in favor of the war. They just didn't like hippies. Right. They, they, uh, my dad, they were very conservative Mormons. Not stupid, I'll say that. Very smart people, but they just... They didn't like hippies a lot. And uh, my dad hated drugs because he's a psychiatrist. He had to deal with the, you know, right. the effects of shitty drugs everywhere. And so uh, this song has a strong connection for me because I can really remember listening to these things count down over the year. It was between this and you, you had joy, you had fun, you had seasons in the sun. But the hills that we climb were just seasons. That was another one. And the entertainer. 
believe it or not, <laughs> by Scott Joplin from the Oh, right, because the sting came out. Yeah. yeah. And uh, what a great, I mean, that should have won. Uh, Let's face it, Scott Joplin's song is. Oh, yeah, it's. it's I don't. I kind of like this. It's just like it's so funny though. Like I well, like endings. what what used to what used to be counterculture <laughs> music. Yeah. You know, I know like, listen to the anger in there though. Yeah. Does that song not scream "fuck you"? Right. So, well, do you want to just recap the plot really quick? It's basically it's based in the Civil War. Uh huh. The song is the song, right? And uh, and then the boy's going off to war. And as she leaves, uh, his girlfriend says, don't be a hero when you go to war. Right. And then he rides off. They need someone to go get more troops. And he rides off as a volunteer to bring in reinforcements. She gets shot. And then the last line, she gets a letter that he's been, he's a hero. And, and then I hear she threw that letter away. Yeah, she threw the letter away. So Take that, Uncle Sam. But my dad did not like my mom didn't like these songs at all. They listened to classical music. And yeah. They didn't listen to any of this stuff ever. None of it. None of it ever. Not even the Beatles. Not even like not the even stuff the where they not the early the stuff, stuff where they just wanted to hold your hand. Just n- none of it. Like I can't. It's weird to me because this stuff is so irrefutably awesome. I don't know how they. And they did not. They did not. not right. Just, I'll take my Bach. You know. <laughs> I, I mean, there are, there are, like, worse things to grow up with, I guess. Like, yeah, you gotta... Mozart, mostly no music is what we had. <laughs> yeah. We had a lot of Burl Lives. Anybody else? No? Burl Lives and uh, the, the, the Irish, what, what's the one? The Rovers? The, the Irish Unicorn? Rovers. Irish Rovers. Lots of Irish Rovers. Wait, unicorns. Did... Oh, yeah, okay. Unicorn song? Yeah. And then hymns. Lots of hymns. <laughs> lots of hymns, man. I am going to be lost at sea for a lot of this. <laughs> Uh, so was I. <laughs> but yeah, it's just it's funny to me like what used to be like the fuck the man kind of music because it's like it is. You're right. When I was growing up, it was like Rage Against the Machine, like fuck you, I won't do yeah. what you tell me. Oh, and like yeah. if you can, like, and then this one's like dun 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 dun. dun, dun. What could be rebellious? I don't know. Maybe a four four times. <laughs> like something you can march to. You just like picture a marshal at the front twirling a baton. Oh no, sir! You're right. You're absolutely right. It was not. Maybe that's what should parents. we play at our counterculture parade? And I think my, you're right. I think maybe my parents sensed the idiocy of it. Like what? You know? I think they kind of did. And yeah. So they went right back to Mozart. Like, no, this is it. Handel's Messiah. You listen to that, man. Yeah, it's just the, the music for freaks now is like there are so many options. It's like <laughs> death <laughs> metal is. coming from Scandinavia and whatever. And like yeah. back then, it was just like. Uh, David Cassidy sounds kind of annoyed in this yeah. song. Like <laughs> <laughs> David Cassidy. Cassidy. Yeah, there's a rebel figure. <laughs> right there. All right, uh, let's keep this one going. Uh, everyone's going to know this one. Hit it, Chris. Crack three. Sweet. Come on. Oh, this is so fucking groovy. I love this song. It's fantastic. Yeah. The whole thing is... It's a beautiful... The whole... Album's amazing, and this song is. This was my introduction to this band, which is, of course, Pink Floyd with Another Brick in the Wall, Part 2, off their 1979 album, The Wall. Uh, This is another number one hit on the Billboard Hot 100. A little bit of an evolution. I think this is slightly more menacing than that last one. Yeah, a lot more menacing. (laughs) And that's what's interesting. uh, And it's. I just have really. Like sharp memories of 
friends from high school singing this, and they sang it at a, they played it at, at a, an assembly, high school assembly. I can really remember people who, I don't know, when you grow up devout Mormon, and most of the communities devout Mormon, and most of your friends are, then this kind of, you say this rebellion stuff, but nobody really means it. And I remember realizing at kind of a young age, Thinking, none of us are doing any of this. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, we're singing about other people. Yeah. We're not doing any of this rebellion. But there was one on the whole album of the wall. There's one song in particular called "Mother," where it's him singing to his mom. And I remember driving down the road with my dad, and I just gotten into listening to Pink Floyd. No pot, by the way. I, I like this without any psychedelics. No pot. No mushrooms. I mean, you don't need them, but they help. I get, I, I, you know, I'll have to try one day. I'll have to try it. But, uh, so I'm listening to the song Mother Comes On. Now, my dad is a psychiatrist, not a psychologist. He's, uh, he thinks Freud is full of shit. But he believes in drugs. To, you know, they believe there's this uh, physiological connection. This is psychology, it's a psychiatry in the 70s. And it comes into all this stuff about mother this and mother that. And my dad, I was listening to it because I said, oh, I want to hear this. This is a great song, Dad. It's a great song. I'm going to tell my psychi- psychiatrist dad about this awesome song. And he says, what, is, what does this mean to you? Well, I think he doesn't like his mother. Do you like it, Dad? Nope. I think this is not good. <laughs> it was interesting that I thought I could enlighten the psychiatrist, you know, about father, I mean, mother-son relationships. The <laughs> Yeah, yeah it's it still a great song. I love this song. Yeah, I mean, it was worth a try, but you're kind of damned on that one regardless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, uh, if if someone, like, the song lyrics, even good ones, are kind of dumb. Yeah. Like, it, yeah, yeah, that's true. you got to be into the music. But Mother has some awesome lyrics to me. Man. Yeah. Oh, man. I, I, so, anyway. That's what I remember. This this was the time. This 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 particular album from my dad made me so aware of how far apart me and my parents were going to be on what we liked coming into our ear holes. You know that I would find this amazing, and my dad would find this utter shit. Yeah, just complete and just total totally shit. unimpressed. But yeah, yeah. Every every generation hates the hates the next one's music. I think it's. I wonder if that used to be true or if it's true now. It is know? true. I have, I have friends who are like, oh, this bullshit. Because I don't know if that happened in the 1800s, 1600s. Did people like Beethoven shit? Oh yeah, you know, sure. Kids said that about the parents. Beethoven. Sure, man. Like uh, like uh, Stravinsky <laughs> caused riots and shit. Oh, he did. Yeah. Well, that's comforting. Yeah, when uh, Rights of Spring came out, the like people just started tearing chairs out of their fixtures and stuff. Like, like you thought it was rough for you trying to convince your dad back then. People were like, oh, "This is bad. Let's kill him." Like, and they could. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. That's a good point. Yeah, I did not it know that. It was just instrumental music. It's just like I don't like. Like, what, what was that note? <laughs> Interesting. I didn't know that. Well, with me and my dad, he did not like Pink Floyd. He still doesn't to this day. Maybe I'll try out again. He's coming to visit. Just try to sneak it in. I'll slip in a little Pink Floyd. Tell them them they found some Bach B-sides and then just put on Dark Side of the Moon. (laughs) See if it's his own personal bias that's uh, making him not... (laughs) 
Yeah, they found a whole bunch of opera. Yeah, so Bach, the basement opera. tapes. Yeah. Like, no, it's Mozart. It'll be Mo- Mozart yeah. and new opera from Mozart. It now existed. And I'll it's the, and it's the movie uh, Pinball Wizard or whatever, uh, the wall, <laughs> like the wall movie. Is it Devon? Devon? What's German for the wall? Devon? Devon? Das Von? You should really Devon. know this by now. I've forgotten the gender. I've only I, I only know like four words in in German. I know uh, Geldautomat, which is ATM. Yeah, very good. Uh, Geldautomat. Yeah. yeah, and uh, Hallo. <laughs> <laughs> People say that a lot. <laughs> they do say hello. I don't know what that means. It always seems angry to Mintello. me. Hello. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I should have. I was there for like uh, a week. I should have learned push and pull because I was smacking into doors the entire yeah, time I was there. Is it Zin? Zin? And. Oh God. Uh, something like that. I've been. See, I learned it too late in life. It's been a long time. I've, been, I've learned it way too. It hasn't been that long for you. <laughs> You're not old like we're old. Well, you're not. None of you are old. I'm the oldest person in here. All right, you want to move on? All right, yeah, let's move on. That's a bad topic. All right, next one. All number one songs. Here we go. I'll just do it when it's kicking in. This is Journey with Don't Stop Believing off their 1981 album Escape. Yes, a small town girl. You may know this song from the last episode of The Sopranos or uh, from a bunch of drunk douchebags singing it in your closing time at karaoke every fucking time. Every goddamn time. Regardless of the fact that their register ends about an octave and a half beneath the first note of this song, these fucking dicks in salmon shorts keep storming the stage every fucking Thursday night around 1.30 a.m. Try and stop them. You can't. There are too many of them. You, you take one group down, another pops up in their place like the Hydra of Myth. <laughs> But I like this song. Yeah. I love this song. I love it. Cheaper There you go. That's my. That was a little James Blunt there, actually. You're welcome. That's that's my German. That's the extent of my German. Uh, but this was this was actually not number one. This peaked at number nine on the Billboard Hot 100. So you're getting into the more obscure shit yeah, at this very, point. Much more obscure. But they didn't know what they had. That's the thing. Their own time, they didn't appreciate it. It should have been number one for several years. Well, this wasn't even the biggest single they had off that album. I can't remember which one it was, but, I mean, that kind of says it. Like, I don't know that song now. I know this song. Like I would know nearly every song they had. I listened to the albums over and over. Evolution and uh, yeah. Escape. So, how old were you when you were getting into this? Uh, I, this particularly this one, uh, the year it came out. I start. My brothers introduced me to everything I listened to. They're four older brothers, but they picked up on Journey with uh, their early stuff. And uh, I listened to this song over and over. This is when they first came out with Sony Walkman cassette tape version. And man, you could click that on your ears. And when that that guitar solo travels through your brain, yeah. Again, no no drugs in my system. Amazing. And I listened to it. Uh, on a Greyhound bus, my mom sent me, or let me go, to an art camp at, at Otis Parsons School of Design in Los Angeles. 
And so I rode on that Greyhound all by myself. Oh man! In this little Utah. Had you uh, you never been outside of Utah before? I've been outside of Utah with family. Uh huh. But never, certainly never on my own. So right. I'm 15 years old. I'm heading down to Otis Carson's to draw and paint, and I saw drinking and drugs. I had a roommate try. Wait, what kind of drugs did you see? Sleep. I mean, everybody. Well, you know, I didn't see the drugs. I just saw people. Yeah. Uh, Drugged out of their minds, yeah. puking, yeah. and I and also, <laughs> yeah, I saw everything. I mean, and uh, and then I drew, and that's when I saw my first naked woman. When I was fifteen. Uh, for the drawing, the for, for drawing, class. for drawing, and they they introduced figure drawing about halfway through the drawing. You know, I was studying drawing, and I was kick ass. I was really good. I was the best in the class until they brought out the naked ladies, <laughs> and I could not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even kidding. And they uh, not even bragging, you mean? I was whore. I'm not even bragging. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was insane uh, because I I'd been raised in such a uh, a different way about sexuality. This may get a little personal, but both my parents had polio growing up, so physically, they I think they were a little bit they weren't uh, the same about sex. It's, oh, Sure. Sexualized the same. A little bit ace. I don't know. Maybe a little asexual. I don't. All I'm saying is, I think the whole sense of what sex was and everything, I was not prepared to suddenly right. spring in a boner. Yeah, in it's just, hands. yeah, it's just over. <laughs> and have to wear like in real life to too. To like you yeah. didn't even. <laughs> that was crazy. Like at least my like my generation had just oh. a, a wealth of internet pornography to prepare for. That and even moment. TV yeah. got much more promiscuous. It was just starting to get to that place when I was young, and then suddenly I'm looking at naked women, and there's a there's a performance artist piece where the lady's naked on stage, wallowing around in food and shit, and I'm just like, wow. <laughs> You know, I went everywhere I went, shirt untucked, because I could not, there's no way I control it. And uh, so I saw my first naked woman, I remember my brother called me up and he said, man, how's it going? I said, yeah, I was drawing naked women, but next week would be better, because it's naked men next week. And, I died. Uh, and then I actually saw there was one time where a naked woman and man, they had us draw both side by side, so you could knees and hips and all the differences. And I didn't see it. I always picked a spot behind the lady's back so I couldn't, so I could concentrate. Because if I saw full frontal, it was done. I wasn't getting anything drawn. And uh, so I got, I got kind of. He's over here. She's. I, I'm drawing her back again. And this guy's there. And all of a sudden, the whole class starts tittering. It's tittering. You know, laughing. Right. That's an old term. I'm old. Tittering. And, no, and, I knew what it meant. And uh, and <laughs> Just, it comes. I find out he had gotten an erection. During the class, and this is how I'll find out. I'm walking by the instructor who's talking to the male model. Well, she's kind of nice. I got her number. That's he. So he gets a boner in front of the lady, and then he got her number. That's which, a pretty good way to get things started, I think. Honest. I mean, she knows what she's getting. Yeah, here's to. the whole thing. <laughs> and if it works out, you got to help a story for the kids. How'd you meet? Well, <laughs> I had an erection. I knew she was. <laughs> I knew she was the one. As soon as I got a boner Easy next to her. Yeah. So that's that's this song means so much to me because oh, it is God, all I, attached. I to hope that they have kids out there somewhere. Like I hope that works <laughs> out. I hear this podcast. That's my favorite story. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah, if you if you're out there, you can email me at davidsadnesstown at gmail.com. Yeah, and your mom, by the way, when she was posing, had rainbow dyed vagina hair. Oh. <laughs> I'll never forget that. Like a clown, like a clown's vagina. It's like damn Skittles commercial. In her <laughs> and I'm just sitting there looking at that. I'm like, oh, 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 untuck your shirt. Go, go get the, from the other side so you can't see anything and try to concentrate. <laughs> Okay, Jesus, that's a story. Uh, <laughs> all right, let, let's uh, let's move on to the next one. Uh, Chris, track five, please. <laughs> this is quiet at the beginning. It takes a second to kick in. This shit holds up too. <laughs> you looking for? Yeah, I love this song. I just think of Alfred uh, uh, Molina out of his mind on blow every time I hear this song. <laughs> you ever seen the Boogie Nights? Oh yeah. by Night Ranger yeah. off their 1983 album Midnight Madness this peaked at number 5 on the Billboard Hot 100 uh, yeah I, I mean god when that hits you just oh. feel that in your guts you know it builds beautifully yeah. I mean I think it builds beautifully it's perfectly formed the music of I don't know what the lyrics well I kind of know what well it's a I've, I've always Wikipedia the songs before the show is uh, the guitarist wrote it about his little sister. He went back home to Eugene, Oregon and he saw how much his little sister Christy had grown up. So it's basically telling her don't jump in. Don't jump yeah, in. Yeah, like uh, be cool, you know, everything's gonna be fine. Uh, I mean, yeah, like this is something that I'm still incredibly susceptible to. Like it, it's the, it the whole the power ballad thing where it's just like like this part where it's like yeah. Yeah, this song, uh, the way this connects with me is it's connected to kind of the last moment of being part of a group of friends in your youth. And you leave and you set off on your own. Uh, they played it at our graduation, they played the video. And so you watch the slides of everybody through your senior year. Uh huh. And then we also played it that summer. On a boat, we went out water skiing. I was a horrible water skier. So it's me and a couple of my friends and one of their younger sisters who was gorgeous. And uh, but just knowing that that was the last, you know, I mean, literally after that we went on the Mormon missions. We went to college. Yeah. And you never saw each other again. So this so was the it was a launching song. This was yeah. This is the song. Of, yeah, it's very appropriate. I mean, that's yeah. One of, like, I didn't have any good ones of those. Like the, There's no good launchings. Oh, <laughs> They're God. all too cynical. You there get were, in the 90s, there's no... When I was in, uh, like, this wasn't this wasn't high school graduation. This was going into high school. At the end of eighth grade, 
the hottest song on the charts was Graduation Song by Vitamin C. It was the singer who never had another song. You wouldn't have. It was specifically for kids who were about to graduate. Like, sad. it was the most cynical. Sad. It is cynical. It was like, right. it was like I, I don't remember. Oh, it was just like, can we think about tomorrow like we think about now? Can we survive it out there? Can we make it somehow? <laughs> somehow. Like, it was. So, I remember oh, being last day of school in the eighth grade. These girls like sang an acapella version of that song over oh. the intercom, and it was uh, like I've never been that embarrassed for someone else in my entire life. Except, it, not really, because when you're in middle school, there's no such thing as being embarrassed for someone else. You're just like, I'm glad that's not me. Like, <laughs> Better than me. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that felt that was a little contrived. It was literally called graduation. It was literally a marketing ploy, yeah. Whereas this is an honest song. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah, like, you know that they felt this right, like, in every fucking coked-out molecule of their being. Like, they <laughs> they believed this song. They did. It's a beautiful song. Yeah, that's uh, from 83, the year I graduated from high school. Um... All right, well, I want to get to this next one because, uh, God, it's a goodie. <laughs> so, track six. We got that whole song in. <laughs> People are, like, looking at each other, like, right? <laughs> This is like one of the groiniest songs oh, of all time. Like you just—that's where you feel it. Like that. I, absolutely, absolutely. This is when I first found out that this is really all about something I will never have. Well, this song is so <laughs> creepy if you listen. Oh, it to is. Eric. Yeah. Running down the length of my thigh, my brother. That's the words my brother pointed out to me. That's not the that's dirty. That's not the part that's really bad. The part that's really bad is uh, I can always get it up for the younger kind. Oh, that's true. That's, <laughs> but when you're singing that, I can when always you're... get it up for the younger kind. My, my. Mm, God. Yeah, yeah. And that's like a thirty-year-old singing that. I yeah. That. Right. Yeah, yeah. That's not. It's very. Oh, yeah, you're right. Getting very Nabokov here. That's. That's only. Not, I'll read a book. Not the quite rest as of you. eloquent as Nabokov. Maybe not. Yeah. <laughs> my brother David, I remember telling, "Oh, that's a dirty song, Ben." And this kicked off a whole thing in our little town of Utah. Through Mormon culture, we had this guy. I think I should I say it's Christensen. I think it was his name. But he went around lecturing to young kids about the What's, evils of music, of pop music, and Satan was in the music. Right. They started burning their albums. I remember my friend <laughs> burned his Ario Speed. Speedwagon, <laughs> High Infidelity album. Just hold it up. Just this default, I will burn it, I will burn it. And, uh. Fleetwood Mac is alive from hell. And I was not, 
I was not going to burn my Dan Fogelberg album. There was no way. I was burning my Dan Fogelberg Age of Innocence album. Oh, of course not, it's man. the only one I owned. And uh, also the first concert I went to, sadly, with a guy. How sad is that? But anyway. So this, so this, this, this was, was another Billboard number one. This was it, a, was. it was huge. Right. But it, it really, it went over the line for the local culture. And I, I remember my brother coming up like, oh, this is... This is a dirty song, man. I love this song. And, <laughs> just the idea of burning an REO Speedwagon album. Know, it's insane, isn't it? Well, it's called High Infidelity. It shows a lady in underwear. Sure. Come on. I mean, yeah, that's all. That's all you really. Well, and the, I mean, the Heard cover to this, who? the cover to this single is scandalous. You oh, can yeah. see nipples in the cover of this single. Oh man, that's true. Uh, yeah, I, I I love this. Like that that drum beat kicks ass. This like, one, yeah. yeah, it's catchy. Purely from a production standpoint, they killed it. They did. But is is this like someone who did he have staying power? Like this pastor who, did not do anything, or the pastor? Did yeah. Uh, I don't know how much money he made on his tour. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how long he was out there. But, he was in uh, with Clear Channel, you know, playing all the big fans. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what happened to him. You know, I never went to one of his things. I didn't listen to any of his stuff. I didn't adhere. Me and my family, we didn't care. We listened to all of our other stuff. <laughs> we listened to this and Sticks and... Uh, sure. What was the other one that was pretty racy that we listened to? No, Sticks was never racy. Sticks, yes. Uh, what was the one? Uh, I can't remember. We'll find out. The next one. Oh, okay. The next one. All right, let's go straight into it, then. Well, this ending on this song. Oh, sure, yeah, yeah. Let's, uh, let's, let, them, let's let them play out. It's interesting, because this really is an interesting... Yeah, this is like Marty McFly at the Jamming Under the Sea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. So you're right, yeah. <laughs> It bridges into a whole other course at the end. It's interesting. Too long. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's. uh, Track number seven. This one, of course, is You Shook Me All Night Long by ACDC. One of my all-time favorite Off songs. their uh, 1980 album, uh, Back in Black. This was number 35 on the Billboard Hot 100. Wow. And no, like, has never stopped being played ever since. Like Ever. Yeah. Unbelievable. It's a, like... Like the Iron Man franchise revitalized this. <laughs> yeah. it's, not, it's never going away. I don't think it ever will. ACDC really only ever had one song. It is similar. That's true. They it's, also, I've noticed... With they, different beginnings. They well, always had a different And they also shout a different thing over yeah. and over yeah. again in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> Every yes, single did. song, it's like, like Hell's Bells! But, uh, Hell's Bells! But the opening riff of their song... Black. This one doesn't. Well, okay, they do. <laughs> I thought this was more complex than those. But the openings, they have some of the greatest openings to rock songs ever. Right? Oh, yeah. It's just, but, yeah, it's the same It's the same drum beat. It's all in the guitar oh, yeah. and whatever oh. he's yelling. And the vocals. That's a, uh, this song, man, we would listen to this when we did yard work or pretended to work. 
We've had a huge yard. Most people in little tents and Utah do. And we'd all be out, me and all my brothers would be out in the yard, or the ones who weren't on missions, we'd all be out in the yard. And we'd be working in the garden or whatever without your shirts on, being dudes. Yeah. <laughs> Which I, it was hard for me to do, always. But listening to this song, we'd blast that up over the neighborhood. That, the whole album, right? Oh, yeah. we just listen to this, Pink Floyd, and Led uh, 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 Zeppelin. See, the, oh, okay. See, yeah, this is another one. Of, this is one of those bands where it's like, I'm not like huge into them, but I can't imagine like how much of a lightning bolt to the brain that is when they first show up because oh, like it was insanely huge. I mean, by the time that I had heard this, I'd already heard a bunch of other bullshit that sounds like this. They you took know? off from this. Yeah, I mean, they were the because it's not a difficult formula to emulate, but it was something when it was something new. I can't imagine how big of a deal that no was. Kids. And, and I think to put the songs together as tightly as they did over and over is pretty amazing, impressive. But we. Uh, this was the song where, actually it was the first time that occurred to me, the thought that we will never be, I'm in a different culture. It was my brother, see my brother dance to this song of the goofball. When he's coming out of the Allen's Market in Springville, Utah, he comes out and he's like dancing and I just thought, you can't dance, I can't dance. We, we're never going to have the sex they're singing about. <laughs> ever, ever. But they, you shoot me for a reasonable amount of time <laughs> in the confines of marriage. <laughs> but I got, I, I, uh, I'm, I'm doing good now. <laughs> but it's slaying, right? Oh yeah, me and the wife are just crushing it. All right, let's move on to the next one before you say let's something that gets you in trouble. Absolutely. <laughs> I feel like we're regressing on this next track. We are. <laughs> Hello. Go for it. It's playing. Oh. Oh yeah, I tell you, this one yeah, builds song. Everyone knows this song. Everybody knows this one. Absolutely. This is Bruce Rowland with uh, the main theme from the movie The Man from Snowy River. It's a great song. This was from the 1982 film starring Kirk Douglas and a bunch of other people I've never heard of before. It's an Australian <laughs> Western movie from the early 80s. But I mean, who doesn't know this song? Have any of you heard it? Have you ever seen the movie? Have you seen the movie? Yeah, I used to go to sleep to this from uh, 19, 1986 to 1988. No, uh, when did I go? 84 to 86, sorry. I listened to the whole album just to research. It's good, yeah, it's good. But uh, it's this. Good Western movie score. It's kind of shitty. I, <laughs> but it's all we are allowed as a Mormon missionary from 84 to 86. You couldn't. The last, and they wouldn't let you listen to rock music, and you would understand why. Right. Uh, because you can't even talk to women or look at women or or men if you're gay. Either way, you're not supposed to look Just at Just don't look at anyone. <laughs> Try Just, and bring people over to your entire way of understanding the exactly, universe, but without exactly. making any eye contact. Sure, no, you go to the door, and you just... You just show them how happy you are, and they say, gee, how can I get some of that? Right. It's easy. Just 10% of you didn't come and listen to this when you go to sleep every night. So, uh, you did your... <laughs> Sad. It comes, it's part of the deal. I can actually, like, I can actually picture you riding a bike, like, listening to this. Like, Chris, did you start it over again? It's a really short track. But... It is. Sorry, guys. Well, the, I would listen to the whole soundtrack. 
But yeah, this is like I feel like this is good bike riding music too. This is good. Uh, this Church is of good fire. stranger. Church of fire. Also something. Can you just see like uh, yeah, like just going past the moon with ET in the back? It totally makes sense. Yeah. Uh, so you did your you did your mission in Seattle. Seattle, Washington. That's where I did the mission, and that's where I Queensryche was. country. Queensryche. Oh, Seattle, man. Nirvana. And, I mean, whoa, Soundgarden, right? Yeah, it's great music place. But I wasn't listening. I was listening to this. <laughs> I went to Seattle and you were like to this. you were like right at it was like right on the cusp of the grunge A- movement. Amazing like, music going on downtown. I could have seen, seen the birth of grunge. And instead. then Ben just biking A stranger in a tucked in shirt and backpack rides into town. Hello. Why do I have a British It's Australian. I can't do Australian. Hello. Hello. Hello, mate. Oh my God. So that was uh, that was epic. So, wait, what was what's the living situation when you're on mission? Little like, shitty apartments with one other guy. He's also a missionary. And where was this? Uh, just for my benefit, uh, he's in also Seattle. a missionary. Just so you know. Yeah. Not just some dude. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's a, yeah. Seattle. I was all over. I was Spanish speaking Seattle mission, and. Uh, you would just, uh, you know, you try to quell your boner and your doubts, and you just go around and uh, you just wander around. Quell well, your boner and your doubts. That's really, 90% of your energy is dealing with that. I'm serious. You just walk out just of the street. Just like a posted above you see, your door that just says boner, you see, doubts, even, like a you checklist. You just see a female your age, and then you just, you just mentally you start singing a hymn to try to, like, Nope, straight out. ahead. It's like, who's that? Dun, dun. So we did. Oh man! Two years, and then you uh, would knock on doors a few hours, and you go visit members, and they would give you food. So, did you ever succeed? Did you ever like Multiple get times. a guy? Okay, many times. Families or there's people who want religion. That's when it works. They're just like, but they're just waiting for it to be delivered to their house. Some sort. They're looking for some sort of church. They need more rules. Okay. I mean, I've always been curious about that because I like. I I know. I. I, uh, I, That's what happens. They're looking for rules. I guess they wouldn't keep doing it if it wasn't like effective at at all. They might. Yeah, that's a good point. That is a really good point. I don't think those Jehovah's Witnesses at the at the Chinatown. Metro station have made much headway. No, just they're competing their own with yeah other. They're other. competing with the dancing robot guy. And, uh, <laughs> and on Fridays, the Black Sons of Zion, or whatever they call themselves. You know those ones? I don't know. Oh God, it's this group of dudes. Uh, like, I don't. They seem to hate everyone. They seem to. They don't like. They don't like. They, they're they're uh, they're black militants of some kind, but they really don't like Martin Luther King. They hate Jesus. They hate Jesus. Or no, they just think that they hate white Jesus. Probably Jesus. is what it is. <laughs> Too much melanin. Uh, they like the especially <laughs> hate Jews, but it's like a really? whole yeah yeah. They are. They are pissed off, but they seem to have some kind of agreement where every Friday they get to have the Chinatown Metro Station, like the area outside. I used to work right up the street, so Thursday it would be the the robot who dances to Michael Jackson, and then then that space the next day would be these guys, these really angry guys, like chanting and wearing shirts that have uh, Martin Luther King with a Hitler mustache, everything with a red slash circle line through it. 
everything. What are you for? We're against it. Go, I, I don't know what. So we need a shirt like that. It just says everything, and then the red, you know, yeah. slash. Just that shirt. Everything. But I don't. I mean, I don't know if they're recruiting, or like, if you went up to them and it, like. I mean, I probably we couldn't do that, but like, if you if you fit their uh, their like their very narrow be so racial, be so uh, they gotta they gotta get new members somehow, right? So it's probably just people coming up like, hey, I really, you know, you really <laughs> struck a chord you with me. Do that. Go down when the you, list then point that. That. How about Bob? Do you like Bob? <laughs> 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 yeah, like they have members, so there must be people who see them and go, you know, you really struck a chord for me. When you held up that sign that had a picture of Martin Luther King with a Hitler mustache drawn Jeez. on it. Jeez. Holy shit. It's crazy. It's incredibly juvenile. Like, there are pictures. They wear T-shirts with pictures of Martin Luther King with devil horns drawn on. Like, cartoon devil horns King. and, like, a snidely whiplash mustache. That's crazy. Which, I mean, he was a complicated man. Uh, there are, like... <laughs> But, I, mean, but I don't know if he was Hitler complicated. Yeah, yeah. or simplified. I mean, I don't want to step out on a limb here, but I think comparing MLK to Hitler is a bridge too far. No, apparently you hit a chord. Wow, yeah, everyone got real quiet when I said that. I think it is a bridge too far. I'm probably going to start getting death threats from this group as soon as I post this episode. Following you. I, yeah, I don't I'll know. hate you. What will you do then? They're very aggressive, but only in my experience, like they've already had their areas. I've never seen them like invade someone else's space. <laughs> Take over another. <laughs> they just <laughs> annex the Jehovah's Witnesses right next to them. And, uh, uh, all right, we got we got one more song left. This is the last one. Uh, Chris, hit it. Like, they really milk the opening riffs on these 80s songs. They do. They just... This is Heat of the Moment by Asia. This is off their self-titled album, Asia, in 1982. And it's uh, one of the worst music videos of all time. Oh, really? <laughs> one of the dumbest ever. Like, for time, when they say time, they have a bunch of watches go down. Oh, God, it's one of those... And then they'll show people dancing. Like literal. Yeah, it's just like. It's just, <laughs> no. The guy that gets his brother yeah, with literal. Asperger's to write the music video. It's just like, well, he says time here. We better. I mean, for for heat, show they that. burn flowers. They just burn shit. For heat. Heat. And now the clocks go down. And then How do they do moment? Oh, moment? It's heat of the moment? Heat, and then, and then clock. time. And then and then the eyes, now there's your eyes on the video, a bunch of eyes. This is like, a significantly better music video than this song something. at the end of the 40-year-old version. <laughs> really? Yeah. All right, let's not talk about that anymore. Yeah. But, like, this was a super group. I've seen the movie, but I can't remember. This is, like, members, like, other bands disassembled like a Voltron to come together and make this song. Who was this? Uh, it was guys, there were guys from Yes, Emerson, Lake, and Palmer. King Crimson, which is like a crazy, all like yeah, I, I love that band. But, but like, Yes was a great band. Yeah, yeah, my, that, like my dad loves them. Yeah, <laughs> that's how I've heard them. Is he has the he has vinyl of them. Your dad and I like. Them. Yeah, sorry, we made it. I like them. <laughs> all right, don't, don't worry about it. Don't backpedal. All right, so this song, I heard this song. You weren't supposed to listen to rock music when you're more missionary, and I became like a leader of several missionaries in the area. 
and we were supposed to just kind of check on the missionaries, and we're pedaling over to this visit the other missionaries, and I can hear this song blasting two blocks away, yet closer and closer, and they're in this little tiny streamline trailer. <laughs> bombing this song. They're supposed to be out knocking Were they still doors. in full gear? Oh, like? they're just in their trailer, chewing around, drinking Kool-Aid, okay. eating hot dogs. <laughs> drinking Kool-Aid? Just rebels. Total rebels. And the one is just drawing. He just had a big giant drawing he was doing of, of an Indian chief. And uh, oh, okay. I'll never forget. Jesus, what an image. Moment. And I remember realizing like, okay, when these are the rules... <laughs> Pretty easy to rebel. Yeah, this is all kind of bullshit. Yeah, yeah, going on. <laughs> Don't let anyone find out we're playing Asia. They were embarrassing quickly. They, they turn it off. <laughs> what you listening to, guys? <laughs> yeah, they just they just hit skip and well, you didn't <laughs> turn it back to the main Snowy River or Afterglow. You could listen to Afterglow, ironically. Oh God! You couldn't generate so much less creepy so. than the heat of the moment. <laughs> I just love the trend of 80s bands being named after geographic locations, like Chicago, Boston, I had thought Kansas, uh, and then Asia, there were like all those other ones. Fuck just, that. So there was also a band called Europe, they did the, oh, they I didn't did know the that. song The Final Countdown. Oh, is that Europe? Yeah. yeah. Oh, this one. What's this one? Oh, no, never mind, no, never mind, it's just the one that I play at the end. All right, man. But so this is this is when you 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 busted some some missionaries that, that were listening to this song. I said you go to hell listening to this. <laughs> yeah. I mean, wouldn't you at least the Beatles? It's like yeah. being the guy There's who's something. in prison for jail. Yeah, just like, get yeah. some ACDC, do something, not this. Don't go to hell for your race. Pol Pot's like, what are you in for? And you're like, oh, I listened to too much progressive rock music in the early eighties. <laughs> Yeah, that'd be a weird... Nah, they didn't go to hell, I'm sure. Well, I don't know. I don't so, know where, did, where did you go after... Like, did you go to art school right after you... Uh, well, I came home from my uh, Mormon mission, and uh, I remember, actually, there's a song. I remember my brother, uh, Laird, he he had a cool car, a Datsun. No, a Nissan 200SX. They were cool cars. And he said, you should just go for a drive alone. I know how that, when you've been, you had to be with another missionary. And he gave me a tape of the latest group he was listening to, which was Alphaville. And so that's the, oh, what the was first their, song I remember what listening to. What was their to. big song? Uh, Forever Young was That's the song. right, yeah, yeah. So I remember listening to Forever Young. Forever Young, I want to be forever young. And that was it. I remember I went to Brigham Young University for one semester after my mission. And uh, they... All right, settle down, you guys. <laughs> I, I set you just said off. the name of the song, and they went off with it. And group graduation tapes, apparently. Yeah. Was it? Yeah. So this song... Uh, that's, that's what I was... What was that? What a depressing song. What? Like, that's the song you play at graduation if everyone is going to have mass suicide afterwards. What was this song? Beautiful. That's what I listened to. That was the last song. I mean, I I left home after that. I never went back. I came home and I went to BYU for one semester and they chewed me out about my hair, which was shorter than yours. <laughs> and I remember a guy with a stick in his ass 
that told me that. I was like, I can't thank you, ever Chris, be with Thank you, you for taking that initiative. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> good work. You were like, you were missing the like the New York Yankees dress code of Brigham Young. Yeah. Oh, you could not believe. I could not believe the anger and sternness and just. I went to go in to get my student ID picture, and he just stopped and grabbed my shoulder. Asshole. And he just, you think you're getting a picture looking like that? You are sorely mistaken, young man. And I just never went back. <laughs> you guys, I'll be an angry person if I stay here. So, so I would Utah say... Utah State University for my undergrad, and then... I would say between all that Pink Floyd and uh, not getting a haircut for a little while, you're probably going to hell. If there is, yeah, I assume so. Yeah. Oh, there definitely is. Oh, I mean, shit. I was watching this YouTube video from this guy. He's got it down. He really, he seemed very confident, so I'm just going to go with that. Okay. Well, I, I, I hope it's not for too long. Yes, <laughs> I, I am. <laughs> How long could it take? I don't know. Haircut, listen to this. What's it? That is really the big problem with hell. It's eternity for everyone. Like, there's no, yeah. like... Except Mormons. You, you only go to hell for a while. And then you get released. Really? Sort of a t- a, a, so you get paroled after that. a while. Very yeah. gentle. And if you're not a Mormon, you don't actually, will, you probably won't go to hell. You go to a place called Spirit Prison. And then you, you just hang there. It's not that bad. And then Spirit you Prison? But a Mormon, I'm evil because I, I knew the truth and then left. Uh-huh. And haven't been back. Oh, okay. So, they... so I'm in deep shit. Whereas you're fine. Yeah. So what I is... I learned that. It's like, why in the hell did you tell me any of this shit? Yeah. Yeah. I could, could just be in Spirit not. Prison. We get... Uh, yeah, what is that like? What's it like there? Do you know? Well, I've never been. So yeah, I know. But have you, have you read the... It's kind of like limbo, I guess. Okay. Kind of like so, a limbo. All right, so yeah. it's just like I don't know. I always just picture sitting under a tree, maybe because I saw a cartoon once. Probably. Uh, <laughs> but you you sit there. I guess apparently you wait, but it's not miserable. And then everybody gets out and goes to a nicer place than Earth. Mormons believe everybody ends up in a place nicer than Earth. Everybody, except for the most evil, meanest assholes. Like, see, I think that's a way better system than I had growing up. Like. Yeah. I mean, they let they let me drink coffee, but like at the same time, they were like, "If you fuck up, you're like done. it's done. It's just <laughs> we're throwing away the key. It's not like, hey, you can rehabilitate." Well, to be fair, I guess hell is not like the best like rehabilitation method for criminals. It's like, like I feel not. like it's it's like America's prison systems, but we're about to go down we're the done. hall. Yeah. We've got too far. Yeah. Yeah. How, so how do you feel we're about this? this you think beautiful we, song. This fun. I you think we, we covered everything here? I think we covered it all. We had the whole arc of my sad journey. So where where can people see you? This is probably going to be coming out in about two weeks. I, they can back. see me locally. I don't in DC area. I don't. It's going to be a while. I don't know when I'm back here. But they can go to Florida. Uh, <laughs> not this weekend, but next weekend I'll be in Florida at the Jacksonville Comedy Club. And then uh, after right, that, so, hey, if you're in Jacksonville and you're listening to this, email me. Let me yeah. know how you found out about it, and then events. <laughs> or uh, Boise, Idaho, in uh, or October, if you are in Portugal, 
or Spain. <laughs> or Italy. Oh, actually, I'm huge with the uh, whole Iberian Peninsula. Yeah, I will be there. It's going nuts You'll over have there. to get onto the military facility or the NATO facility. All right, well, sneak in. What's the worst that could happen? <laughs> Perhaps shot. That's the worst I could think. But so, and uh, you have a you have a website and you're on yeah. Twitter. www.getbent.com. G-E-T-B-E-N-G-T. G-E-T-B-E-N-G-T dot com. And then my latest CD is Bent Over in Europe. <laughs> uh, He's got a lot of CDs. He's running out of puns at this point. and Bent on Destruction. And then uh, my next one, it's, it's, it's so close. I might, it, I, it might be done. I might have recorded it last week in Minneapolis. Is Bent Out of Shape. Oh. Great. Because so, I'm old. Give it up for my guest, Ben Washburn. Hey, guys. Whether you're here or listening at home, like, check this guy out. He's one of my fucking favorite comics. Thank we you so much for doing the show. Thank you. Good night. You're welcome, Dave. All right. My and remember, pleasure. nothing is going to be okay. Scatman's world.